Hey folks, it's Cody Stoffer with Playmakers Corner, here to tell you about Code Red Coaching. Competing in athletics means you've lifted the weights, you've watched film, and you've got the passion. Problem is, that's what everyone else in the state has done. Perfect your game by honing in on your mental performance with Code Red Coaching. Whether you are a team or an individual, Code Red Coaching has the tools to create mentally solid habits and set up you or your team for success. Find Code Red Coaching at coderedcoaching.com or call 720-979-1914 to learn more today. That's coderedcoaching.com or 720-979-1914 today. Now back to the show. What's up, folks? I am one of your co-hosts for today, Cody Stoffer. And I'm your other co-host for today, Simon Villanos, a.k.a. Coach V. And welcome to another edition of Top 5 Seniors by Position here on Playmakers Corner, being recorded on January 11th, 2023, and this is episode 227, and we're talking cornerbacks. Isn't that right, Coach V? Yep, we're talking corners here in the class of 23 here. All these guys are seniors, and uh, yeah, it should be a good episode. Cody, do you want to talk about our process uh, not only with this top five, but I guess all of our top fives in general. Yeah, absolutely. So I think that we've hammered out a pretty good system here. You know, with top fives, we have 10 categories. We score them out of 10. So, you know, that scale kind of being one through three, needing improvement should be a priority, but it can get you benched. Four through six is average. You know, the skill on a bad day is just below average, but above average at very best. It'll suffice for the time being, but can be a problem on the next level or in a future season. Seven to eight is above average to good. You know, this is one of the reasons that they are a solid player. This is good enough to hold on to a starting job and is comparable to a two star or low three star kind of rating. Eight to nine, good to great. This is three to four star. This is a consistent skill that you can rely on and you can expect good things coming out of them using the skill and nine to 10 is, you know, very good to even elite. This is a four to five star level talent here. This is something that separates them from every other prospect. And even at its worst, it is still a very commendable part of their tool bag here. And so four cornerbacks here, our 10 categories go as follows. We have hip mobility, speed, verticality, strength slash tackling, footwork, anticipation, ball skills, man-to-man, zone coverage, and leverage here. And as we go through, you'll kind of see how these different categories kind of interweave. But I am very, very confident in this scale. I think that, you know, by the time it was developed and using it to kind of reflect on the class of 22 that it held up really really well with our original rankings which just shows you know how good we were you know i'd say with uh without a scale as well but enough of you know fanning ourselves here and i'm just excited to talk about these prospects which of whom i'm gonna say at the beginning of the episode this time look at us evolving here that if we talk about you on this episode you are more than invited to interview with us give us your side of the story tell the audience about you and you know your journey through high school as a high school student athlete and whatnot coach v before i introduce this first guy is there anything that you'd like to add on here yeah i'm i'm gonna throw this out there so 
this year especially, you know, there were just a lot of athletes that we felt like could have played both sides that might have played both sides. But you could tell in their highlight reels or uh, just, you know, the emphasis they have on their Twitters and whatnot and the preferences in general that they would rather play on the offensive side of the ball on the next level. And so we weren't going to go ahead and evaluate guys who didn't want to play defense or didn't seriously take playing defense uh, on this level. And so if they can't take it seriously on this level, how are they going to play it on the next level? And so... I'm just going to throw that out there, and I'm also going to say, hey, if you're a receiver and you also play DB, you need to have just as much DB film as receiving film if you are that guy. I'm just going to put that out there. There's a lot of transitional or, I guess, transistive uh, skills and whatnot between the two positions, and so... um, just, just pointing that out there, because I could already, I could already hear it. There's going to be like, oh, what about this guy? What about this guy? Uh, nope, they want to play running back on the next level. Nope, they want to play receiver on the next level. They have no corner film, you know, or they just didn't want to play corner at all. And so there's a lot of that. And so these guys are also guys that we feel like will primarily play corner on the next level, or that's possibly one of their best shots to even play on the next level if they played corner. Uh, isn't that right, Cody? Yeah, no, there were a ton of great athletes throughout this season that did play cornerback. But if you only give us 45 seconds to work with, one minute to work with in your film, it's not really worth our time to try and use our imagination. Or, you know, if you are marketing yourself as a wide receiver, th- then you're marketed as a wide receiver, right? So. I, I, I just want to agree with Coach V, obviously, on that. And also just say, you know, I mean, there's just there needs to be more athletic guys focused on the defensive side of the ball. So uh, I think that that was a great point that Coach V brought up. And, you know, there's more there's lots of guys. Everyone wants to play receiver. Everyone wants to score touchdowns. Right. But, you know, I, I would say that there is a need and plenty of athletes who can play corner. And so, you know. Part of it is just like being molding yourself to what the needs could possibly be on the next level. And so, you know, you end up with a lot of guys who get recruited as athletes and I won't be surprised if they do end up playing cornerback down the road, but you know, just, just be open-minded and be versatile. You know, that's something that we keep notes of in, in basically all of our evaluations is how well can you play a variety of positions and how do they kind of help your skills in every other category. So you know, I think that that's really important. And one last thing that I wanted to add on here is, you know, we have these 10 categories out of 10 makes up to a score out of a hundred. And last but not least, I have my grade coach V has his grade. And then we have the PMC grade, which is the average of those two grades. And that one is what determines the top five order specifically. I thought I'd just throw that out there because, you know, some, some prospects I have rated higher, some coach V has rated higher, but then we take the average of that. And then What's spit out of that average is what our final five order is. So a little bit of a modge podge there. But uh, yeah, just just wanted to agree with Coach V and also clarify that one thing. Yeah, no, absolutely. Or they might market themselves as a running back. Either way, I'm just saying, you know, we're just saying in general, have DB film out there. And it's not that we just watch the highlight reels, but, you know, there's a lot of players to comb through. And so if you don't catch our eye, then we're not going to take a deeper dive into your film like we did with these guys. So 
Um, Just like scouts will, too. Yeah, no, I guarantee it. They're throwing away your film um, if it's not catching the ride. Sorry, not sorry. But, uh, Cody, do you want to talk about the number five guy here, or do you want me to go ahead and take it away? It's up to you. I could take the wheel here. Cody, take the wheel. Anyways. Blasphemous, um, but go on. But this number five guy here out of your 5A state championship squad on Cherry Creek is Braylon Warren, the cornerback there who, you know, just got some intriguing news recently. So let's go ahead and talk about him here. So for Coach V here, we're going to go through his categories here. And, you know, he received some pretty high marks, honestly. And, you know, he he was a solid corner this year, obviously had himself a pretty good season, one that ended in a championship ring. So let's go ahead and talk about it. So Coach V here, he's got hip mobility at an 8.2, speed at an 8.6, verticality at an 8.4, strength slash tackling at an 8.7, footwork at an 8.1, anticipation at an 8.6, ball skills at a 6, and then he has man-to-man at an 8.6, Zone coverage at a 7 and leverage at an 8.4 here. All of this adding up to an 80.6 for Braylon Warren here at a 6'2", 180-pound frame here. And, yeah, before I get into Simon's, you know, synopsis here, I'm going to talk about Braylon Warren myself here. So, Braylon, you know, we... So, obviously, you have Coach V's analysis... And you have my analysis and then you have an average and that's how you get, you know, these PMC rankings. And so for me, going just down this line here, hip mobility, I have at a 7.5, speed at a 7.8. Then for verticality, I have at a 5.1. For strength slash tackling, I have it at an 8.2. For footwork, I got an 8.3. Anticipation, an 8.4. Ball skills, 5.3. Man-to-man, 7. Zone coverage, 7.1. And leverage, 8.4. So when watching Braylon Warren's film, I think that the very thing, the very first thing is how physical of a football player he is. He's constantly, you know, jamming up receivers, throwing them off of their routes. And obviously, you know, with this tackling grade, he's a very sound tackler. And, you know, but the number one rated things I had were his leverage and his anticipation. So leverage wise does a great, great, great job of maneuvering the field of, you know, using the boundaries, especially to just absolutely put some of these wide receivers in a chamber where they cannot escape. Right. So. You know, he's very gifted in that department and what he does there. And then I'd also say, you know, with the anticipation, he watches film, all right? And so, I mean, everyone does, but he has such a knack for reading the formation, making a play when he needs to. Screens on his side are not safe. He routinely blows them up. He knows when you're running them, no matter who you are. And, you know, he also has the the means and the athleticism to get there. Look, he has, I actually think for me, at least he has the highest footwork rating 
I think that he does a great job of keeping, keeping his feet underneath him. And, you know, I think that that makes everything about his play so much better. His footwork for me being an 8.3 and for Coach V being an 8.1. Obviously, he does just a great job of, you know, having very active feet. He has a very good base. The width of, you know, his footwork is good. He does a good job shifting directions, using his footwork, doesn't really cross his legs, doesn't really get too skinny, too narrow, too wide, or anything like that with the base. And so, you know, he is a very sound athlete and very good at reading the plays and being able to make or break on them. Now, Coach V and I, we both agree here that his lowest category, or at least one of his lowest categories, is ball skills. Coach V with a 6, me with a 5.3. Look, it's, I don't know, he doesn't have a single interception through two years of varsity action. And so obviously that's a concern. You want a guy that can force turnovers. I mean, granted, maybe he's not doing it himself, but there are times where he creates a tip drill situation. But we also want a guy who can make plays himself. So, and, and I think that on this defense, there's definitely opportunities for that where they're trying to avoid, you know, going this direction with at this athlete. And so then they come your way and what are you going to do? So he has to play the ball significantly better. And I'd also say that a lot of the time he'll allow a catch and then make a tackle. And we'd much rather him play the ball, break up a pass, make a play here and and go from there and then the next lowest thing that coach v had was zone coverage and you know for for my zone coverage i also have that at a 7.1 coach v has it at a seven he just can get a little wandery i'd say for his zone coverage and you know coach v says that sometimes he gets turned around and i agree he literally does a full 360 you know to during one route in zone coverage. And so, you know, you got to just play a little bit smarter, not harder in that situation because, okay, his instinct is to be tenacious, is to play man coverage, to be in your face, to throw you off and, and kind of go from there versus, you know, what they need him to do is, well, they don't need him to do that in, in short. So I, I would say that you know, zone coverage, he does have some steps to take forward here. And and yeah, that's that's kind of just what that is. Now, Coach V here in his in his man-to-man -man grade does have it at an 8.6. Obviously, that's because he plays bump and run very well. He's able to move around, follow a variety of routes. However, my grading for man-to-man is just slightly more harsh here. I have it at a 7.6 because... There is, there are a handful of times, I want to say, where he will get flagged on the next level. He is committing defensive pass interference. And so, you know, he's got to, that's, that's partially ball skills, but also it's the distance that he is allowing to be created. And so then when he goes to break on the ball, he literally just ends up wrapping up the guy instead. And... I'd, well, first off, I'd rather you go for the ball and develop that and try and get a turnover. But also, you can't end up behind like that and then trying to compensate. This happens both in zone and man, to be fair. But yeah, it just leaves a little bit to be desired in that areas of improvement. 
And then his verticality for me, uh, Coach V b believes in that in that athleticism, which I see, but I just really didn't get to see him. And this may be a ball skills issue, but I didn't get to see him go up and really make a play or get a really big deflection in the past game. And so I think that that presents a few issues itself um, with, with Braylon Warren. But look, we both, we both think he's pretty fast. Obviously we both think that he's one of the better tacklers on this list. Coach V's highest category was strengths us tackling at an 8.7. And mine was, you know, still like a top three rated category here at an 8.2. He's a very sound tackler. He's a very aggressive tackler. He's very physical. He wraps up. He's consistent and, you know, it's, it's always nice to have a cornerback that you can trust in the run game and, you know, not put yourself in a precarious spot here. So, you know, in, in coach V's synopsis, he says, quote, it's honestly not the hardest to play corner for Creek. He's a good tackler who can hold his own on an Island, but definitely has some, I have some serious questions about ball skills and I feel like he's not the strongest zone player and gets turned around sometimes, end quote. And for me, you know, I, I obviously have some things that I agree with here because, you know, I can tell he watches film, he reads the offense like a Dr. Seuss book often, and he's a physical cornerback, both in the run and pass game, who is a consistent tackler and someone who can really throw receivers on their off their route. Very clean footwork with minimal, if any, wasted steps and a consistent base but he definitely commits PI on a handful of plays getting to the receiver too soon and will be flagged more on the next level. And I also do think that he does get turned around from time to time in that zone coverage and just needs to do a better job of tracking receivers. And, you know, luckily he's got like the footwork to, to compensate for now, but that bridge gets gapped significantly more on the next level of, you know, wide receiver athletes and cornerbacks. So Definitely needs to work on those things. Just keep better track of these guys. He's a smooth athlete. And, you know, obviously me, my grade overall was a 73.7. Coach V's is an 80.6, making for a total of 77.15 here. And overall, just a solid prospect here at our number five spot. And so speaking of prospect here, he does have a handful of offers here. It looks like his very first offer was to Augustana University for, for football. Then he got an Adams State offer, and then they just kind of rolled from there. You know, he then got Mesa. He gets Chadron State. You know, some of the really familiar names that we have here. And, you know, CSU Pueblo gets in the mix. Western gets in the mix. Emporia gets in the mix here. And it's not into Black Hill State, I should say. So lots of familiar names here. But it's not until literally January 12th, so one day before this episode comes out, that he gets offered by Northern Colorado. Northern Colorado starting to really do their research, trying to dig their feet into the ground here and get some good Colorado talent. And, you know, so lots of D2s, majority D2s, slipping a couple of NAIA and stuff. But... Northern Colorado here with the division one offer. And so coach V, you know, coach said, quote, you know, he got offered by UNC, which kind of fits the mold of the type of corner they want, which is good man players who can tackle end quote. And, you know, I think that it's a good fit. I think that obviously he has some things to work out. I do think that he, you got to red shirt him. 
and you got to develop him a little bit, but he's physical. And, you know, at 6'2", 175, 180 pounds, that's a really good, solid physical frame here. And so that complements, you know, some of the other class members being recruited here. It's, it's a little complementary as, as opposed to the exact same thing. And I think that it provides some really good opportunities for Braylon to develop as well as for UNC to maybe even have a guy in the future that you really can leave on an island and not have to worry too much about and have a little bit more flexibility with the rest of the defense. So he's one of the more proven man coverage corners in this entire class, if not maybe one of the most proven, but technique wise does need a little bit of work here. And timing-wise, just needs to work on going after the ball more and making some more plays on the ball. But all in all, very solid prospect here at our number five spot, Braylon Warren. Yes, so our number four quarterback in the class of 2023 is the Ponderosa athlete Liam Edwards here at 5'9", 185 pounds. Uh, this is a guy who also played a lot of receiver. He was big time there. And just to be on the record, I kind of feel like he could play either receiver or corner on the next level. It's 50-50, but, uh, you know, it's, it's never a bad thing. I think he's a really interesting prospect here at corner. This is somebody that, you know, you could definitely develop. A little bit more here and just to throw this out there I got to watch him a couple of times live watched him this year against Denver South that was obviously a tough game with Rashad Caldwell and that whole squad but you know throughout the rest of this year he was part of a great Ponderosa defense you know they've always been solid on defense so just throwing that out there and then on top of that I believe I got to watch him against Vista Peak last year against uh, our number one receiver in that 22 class, Jordan Mayfield, and a bunch of other dudes like Bryson Torrey and whatnot as well, I want to say. I I, I want to say I'm pretty sure I saw him in that game. He got at least got in, so there you go there. But let me go down the line and talk about Liam Edwards here. So hip mobility gave him an 8.3, speed 8.7, Verticality 7.3, strength tackling 7.5, footwork 8.2, anticipation 8.6, ball skills 8.7, man to man 8.2, zone coverage 7.5, leverage 7 for a score of a flat out 80 for me here. But like we said, it is the grade between me and Cody that matters, the average between mine and Cody that matters here. But that's just my grade. And so, uh, talking about Liam Edwards and his strengths here, his highest grades was speed, which I gave him an 8.7 with, and ball skills, which I gave him an 8.7 as well. He is a really good athlete. You know, this is a guy that has next level speed. Is he a burner? Not quite, but he probably runs a 4-5. I don't know if he listed this anywhere, but he's probably in that 4-5-ish range to 4-6 range, which is definitely a bump up here. Um, but he gets into it really quickly. I mean, this is a kid that, um, you know, had a couple plays on offense and defense where he saw open room and just housed it. You know, straight up. So he does have some good speed here. I think on the next level, it's enough for him to keep up with a lot of the, with just a lot of receivers. 
you know, a lot of receivers who are great athletes and whatnot. I think it's more than serviceable. I don't think he's going to consistently get burnt and really have to worry about his technique to avoid that. And then ball skills, I mean, like I said, this is a guy that could potentially play receiver on the next level as well if he is developed that way. Uh, and you see it, you know, he catches really well with his hands, you know, real soft hands, uh, just really good, um, just the uh, really good ability to catch the football wherever it's at. And uh, you love to see it. I mean, you know, this was a guy that was pretty big for this Ponderosa defense. There were a couple of turnovers that he was able to force uh, just with his ball skills being able to catch the football, which obviously matters. But, you know, if you, there's always that myth out there that, you know, if you're playing corner, then, you know, it's because you couldn't play receiver and catch. But that's not the case with Liam Edwards here. And so there you go. Great athlete and someone that could definitely catch the football. Now, his lower grades gave him a 7.3 for verticality and a 7 for leverage. With verticality, I mean, I'm also counting how tall the uh, corner is and how high up they could get. I mean, he's he, it's, it's pretty... It's pretty obvious that he's a shorter corner. I'm just going to say that. That he's like 5'9 in a lot of his film. You know, he's not exactly going to be the greatest red zone corner. At least if you put him on the outside. If he's on the inside and plays slot or something like that, I'm sure he'll be fine. But, you know, if he's on the outside against like a 6'3 receiver and they call fade... I don't know about that one. I, I'm just going to be honest with you. I just don't know. Um, he could continue to, you know, work on his vertical and all that. I think he could, you know, gain some hops and whatnot if he really focuses on that. But for now, I think that's definitely a little bit some, a little bit of something that I'm worried about here. Uh, he just kind of struggles to get up there with some of the bigger receivers, I would say. Um, so there you go. Now, leverage, that's kind of the other thing. I think with Liam Edwards here, his game is that he's just a very good athlete at corner and whatnot. And so his athleticism definitely bails him out of a lot of situations, I would say. And I think his leverage could get a little bit sloppy. He doesn't do as good of a job, you know, forcing guys out of bounds, using the boundaries. And, you know, he gives some guys just a little bit too much room to um you know when they're running the routes and uh doesn't always challenge their releases and that great stuff and so i think that's something that he could definitely work on i think some of it is maybe just hesitant that you know he might get bullied around if he tries to put hands on a receiver but i would honestly love to see more of it he definitely has some of the speed here uh you know to recover I think he has pretty solid recovery speed, but you don't get to see it a lot because he doesn't really put his hands on receivers too much. I think there's a little bit of a physicality issue, at least in my opinion, there. You know, he could be a little bit more physical and uh, bully some of these guys around. But other than that, you know, like I said, I think the prospect, just looking at Liam Edwards as a prospect here, I think what you're getting is a really good athlete who's going to be real opportunistic opportunistic when the ball pops up in the air and whatnot and this is a kid that you know you could use pretty much anywhere offense defense special teams for sure you know and he's gonna do his thing there 
just I would say he's kind of a more raw prospect, at least in comparison to a Luke Olson who we just talked about uh, when it comes to the skill and the technician side of things as a corner. Now, Cody, what is your evaluation of Liam Edwards and what do you think of mine? Yeah, I mean, I was looking at, at your rubric here as you were talking through it because that that's the power of working on a shared document on the internet. But uh, anyways, I think that ours line up very, very well. I mean, look, my top two highest categories here are his ball skills and his speed. Your top two categories, ball skills and speed. Now, verticality you have at a 7.3. And, you know, my verticality, I have rated just slightly higher here. But we both agree that his leverage needs some work. And so I'll talk about his areas of improvement first and just say that there are times where, okay, he might make the play, but he should not make the play. It's just how good of an athlete he is. But like, there's one play where it was seriously like, uh, and I want to say it was an out or, or like some kind of comeback hitch route that's ran on him. And he's boxed out from this route. He, he lost. He lost that play. But the quarterback threw it too high. And, you know, he, he did go up and he did get the interception. He played the ball very well and got got the pick. But, oh, my, I just saw it. I was like, what, what, what is going on? Quarterback, you know, from a quarterback evaluation, I was like, get the throw there because the receiver won. The receiver won that route. And so you look at the things to improve for Liam Edwards, and that is definitely one of them, is, is his leverage. I have that graded at a 6.6. And then something that's not really his fault, but something that, you know, I considered is, you know, that to me was was kind of close to a man situation. But Ponderosa, the majority of the time is running a zone. You could just tell based off of the way that he plays the ball and the way that he plays the receiver. I mean, he, you can just tell by watching football that he's playing a zone a lot of the time. So while his zone category is strong, I wish that I got to see more man coverage. And it's instances in the goal line where it'd be really nice to see something like that. You know, Liam and, you know, whoever the Z is or whatnot on an island, how does that end? And seeing that more. So I the lack of man coverage film was a little bit worrying, especially given, uh, you know, the, the not... Uh, not too much the weight, but at least the height, you know, it, it is something that I would want to consider, especially I'd like to see more of because, you know, Liam Edwards with the athlete that he, that he is, I'd like to know if he can man up on slot receivers and stuff like that and follow them around the field and, you know, follow motion and stuff like that. I think that that's very important, especially for someone at Liam's size and frame and whatnot. So I did, I just did not see enough man-to-man to warrant a much higher grade than the 5-4 that I gave. And then the last one that I, the last low score that I gave was strength slash tackling. I just think that he's a little inconsistent of a tackler here. And, uh, you know, sometimes he comes in high and whatnot. That may be from fatigue from playing both sides of the ball because, Coach V, I don't know if you knew this, but but doing a little bit of looking into, he was named Ponderosa's MVP. And I believe that was by the team. So, you know, and, and was also awarded the 4A, 5A Metro League Specialist of the Year. So, you know, I think that comes from being a great athlete. And obviously, there's some gas mileage that comes with doing everything for the team that Liam Edwards 
did do this year. So, you know, I, I think that that's interesting, but you're where at the end of the day, he's at number four on this list. He's an all Colorado defensive back, according to, I want to say it was Denver post. And so, you know, he, that's what brings our attention here. And so for Liam Edwards, my highest category, as I alluded to earlier was ball skills. I have this rated at an 8.8 because he plays the ball like a receiver. That's, that's his whole shtick. And it's something that he did. It's, it's the kind of aggressiveness that you really do want to see out of every corner. A lot of corners are fine with pass deflections, which Liam did collect. He did have six pass deflections, 12 over the past two years. But man, did he really ramp it up, getting to the football, taking it away from the opposing team, and then turning up afterwards. I mean, look, his 8.6 speed, that speed becomes very evident when there's green in front of him. He makes a pick, and there's a pretty good chance that he ends up housing that. There's a good chance that he had three pick sixes this year and another two last year. So you're looking at a guy that can literally turn your defense into offense. And I just, I can't think of a better sale for a cornerback than that statement right there. I think that that's a fantastic sell. And to add on to that, you know, he had two other categories in the eights for me. He got an 8.4 in anticipation. You know, obviously he knows what it looks like for a receiver to be looking for the ball because it like he is one of the best examples of transferring the skills from offense to defense in a positive way. And so that's why I like the idea of him as a cornerback so much, not only because he understands the mind of a receiver, but he's performed at a level at receiver that allows him to really provide insight and just intellect into the game. And then for the other eight, I have an 8.1 in zone coverage here. Solid. And to just kind of get through the other categories here, 7.6 in hip mobility, solid athlete, 7.8 in speed or verticality. I mean, uh, 8.6 in speed. Verticality, 7.8. I think that he can high point. I think that he can jump with those guys. You know, the height definitely impacts it a little bit. But on plays where, you know, he is able to kind of punch a ball out from behind and whatnot, that's ball skills. But also sometimes he does have to get up there, especially if bigger receivers try to box him out. I think that he keeps up with them fairly all right, uh, given the circumstances. Footwork, 7.5. I think that it's solid. No, nothing really to elaborate on there. And so my overall grade for Liam here is a 75.1. And the summary that I have is his aggressiveness playing the ball is one of the best in the state as his athleticism and ball skills from the offensive side translate incredibly well. He very rarely, if ever, plays man-to-man. His footwork is inconsistent as he just needs to iron out technique. And I wouldn't say he's a big hit threat, but seems to be technically sound when making tackles. His zone coverage is great since he shows solid awareness of movement in his zone. He does not leverage himself consistently and misses out on chances to with the lack of man coverage and a handful of plays he makes is without great leverage, but just overcompensating ball skills. I think that that adds up pretty well here. And so our overall PMC grade for Liam Edwards is at a 77.55 here. Coach V react to, to my stuff here. I have, you know, some of the interests that he's had here pulled up, but, uh, Go ahead, go ahead and react to, to my take and then kind of building off of your take as well. Yeah, so we're definitely on the same page here. I mean, look, uh, Liam Edwards, he's a great athlete. Uh, he's definitely somebody 
that can play on the next level. He has the athleticism to play on the next level. I think that's not really a question. I think there's some skill things here that you're that you could be like, yeah, he's a bit raw, right? But here's the thing: he definitely put out enough uh, really good DB film and receiver film where he can succeed at both on the next level. I'm just gonna continue to say that, and so really agree with everything you had to say here, Cody. Uh, I mean, he he's a real good athlete. It does bail him out of a lot of situations. That's you know that's what happens for a lot of young cornerbacks on the high school level, I would say. But you know, he could definitely get a little bit better. He He's not, like, the tallest guy either. And so I think uh, skill-wise and technique-wise, you can't really afford to have missteps and uh, not use everything to his advantage. I think if he really pairs down, you know, his skills, um, or sorry, his athleticism, to his to an improved skill set then he could definitely be dangerous and a consistent starter and rotation guy on the next level now we'll see what level it is but cody what what is some of the interest that he has slash uh potential offers as of right now yeah so i'm gonna go in ascending order of at least perceived interest you know he was invited and did attend a Chadron State camp as well as a Black Hills State camp. So, you know, those are camps that this was way early. He's had visits out to Nebraska Wesleyan, Colorado State University Pueblo, Central Oklahoma, as well as West Texas. And then he's gotten, he's received offers to Ottawa, Clark University, and St. Mary. So a lot of these are hovering on that D2, but you know, solid D2 programs, I'd say. And while I while I do think that's a good fit, I think that, I guess the way that I should word this is, I think that he'll be solid and good and even great at making plays on the D2 level for these programs. Like, I see him getting a pick six for one of these universities given the proper opportunity and development. But what I will elaborate on is that you know with the athleticism that he has that you know maybe he could be knocking on that fcs door for sure and i think that our rating reflects that too yeah i'd say ceiling wise he could be knocking on that door i think right now as a prospect yeah. i don't think he's quite there to be honest with you I think, and I'm saying this because I really feel like athletically he can play on the FCS level. Uh, I truly believe that. But you know, you gotta keep in mind his size. Gotta keep in mind his skill slash technician level here, and he's just not quite there. Now, if he was like six two or six three, making a lot of these plays, then heck yeah, you know they're gonna offer him right away on the FCS level. I could definitely see that, but he's not. You know, he's 5'9-ish, and so you kind of got to work with what you have here, and that's just life, you know, and so I could definitely see it. Uh, I know, shout out Ottawa St. Mary, you know, we cover their women's programs, actually, and they are NAIA, but they're high-level NAIA. I know they have a lot of connections, uh, pretty solid connection to Colorado. They recruit it pretty well, so just want to shout them out, but... You know, Liam Edwards, I think this is a guy that could really thrive on the D2 level. He, I, I could see him having more playing time uh, sooner than later on the D2 level, which honestly, 
that might matter more in the long run in case you know you want to transfer because that door will always be open with the transfer portal and whatnot so there you go there now if he wants to try to walk on at an fcs say northern colorado or something like that or a d2 like a higher level d2 it could definitely be a little bit risky but you know he's I mean, he's just got to make that decision for himself where he's most comfortable at and what works best for him because I don't think there's really any doubt that he has the athletic ability to play on the next level. And, I mean, it's athletics for a reason. So, it's called that for a reason. So, there you go. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't really have too much more to say here. We know what kind of prospect he is, and I think a lot of college coaches do as well, but maybe underestimating some of that, don't you think, Cody? Yeah, no, absolutely. I think that, you know, the athleticism is probably being a little bit undervalued here. But, I mean, there's also some very, very solid programs here that Liam has been in communication with. And, you know, I think that he has the resume. The resume speaks for itself, you know, as far as everything that he could do for your football team. I mean, on top of being a threat on the defense, you know, he's a special teams guy who can contribute that way. He had two kickoff returns for touchdowns this year. And, you know, I think that, Obviously, you have to look at that upside as well and just the amount of damage that he was able to do on special teams and realize that, yeah, no, you're getting a stud, you're getting a dude and somebody who, you know, looks like he works really hard and, and uh, you know, is just, you know, overall very, very solid player here. And, uh, yeah, shout out to those programs, obviously, all of them doing a very good job. And, uh, you know, I think that he could find a home. I think that he could really find a nice place play some football, make some plays. I could see him being a crowd favorite because I know over at Pondo, you know, everyone loves some Liam Edwards action. So, you know, I think that that's exciting. And I, I like the prospect of him getting those opportunities to make those plays at, at one of these schools. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, so with that being said, Cody, do you want to move on to our number three cornerback in this class? Yeah, sure thing. Uh, do you want to take this one or me? Yeah, I'll take it. I could take it. All right. So the number three cornerback in the class of 2023 is Chris Rice out of Palmer Ridge High School. The 6'3", 195-pound DB here. Um, this was a guy that I originally thought was going to play probably more safety this year than corner but after looking at the film a lot here and watching him live you know he's definitely more of a corner at least this year he played more of a cornerback position and so that's where we're gonna be evaluating him and you know he made this list here and you know Chris Rice he's a part of a really strong secondary that Palmer Ridge has been able to field not this not just this year, but the last couple of years here. I mean, he's a real versatile dude. And, I mean, geez. The number of 6-3 DBs that Palmer Ridge has is absolutely insane when you look at it. Um, it's like they have a mine of some they kind. They do. Like, what's, what's going on yeah, here? Yeah, no, Monument is just like that, I guess, which is insane. So... Yeah, I mean, there you go. But let's go ahead and talk about his game, evaluate his game outside of his height and frame here uh, because he is the biggest corner to ever make our list, I'm pretty sure, here. And the biggest corner on this top five list as well. 
But just going down the line here with my grades, hip mobility gave him a 6.5 here. Speed gave him an 8. Verticality is an 8.4. Strength tackling, 8.6. Footwork, an 8. Anticipation, 8.6. Ball skills, 7.3. Or sorry, wait a second. Sorry. Ball skills, 8.5. Anticipation, 8.6. I think I said that. Boom, there you go. But ball skills, 8.5, not 7.3. And then moving on, though, man 8, zone coverage 8.2, leverage 6, for an overall grade of 78.8 here. Let's talk about the strengths here for Chris Rice here. Uh, So his highest grades gave him an 8.6 for strength and tackling and and anticipation, and also gave him an 8.5 here for ball skills. Uh, Look, I think it's pretty easy to say that he's the strongest guy on this list here. Uh, That's why he has an 8.6 rating there for strength and tackling. As a tackler, he is a very tough guy to shake here. Pretty sound. And on top of that, I mean, he's going to nail you too. Like, he's going to get you in the backfield, uh, pull you down, wrestle you down for a loss. He does that on a consistent basis. For this Palmer Ridge team, the number of times he came up big, just, you know, being able to get in the backfield and make a play as a DB uh, was huge, you know, because... I mean, you gotta, when you're stopping the run, you know, it's not just on the front seven to stop them. You know, sometimes you're gonna need help from your corners, you know, especially when you're trying to stop some of those outside plays there. You know, maybe your edge rushers aren't quite able to get there. You know, to have a guy like Chris Rice that could hold it down on that edge is absolutely huge. And so, there you go there. I mean, he's not really someone that's going to miss a tackle, and he's not really somebody that you're going to break a tackle off of. So, yeah. Now, looking at some of the other higher grades here, 8.6 for anticipation. I think he does a really good job anticipating the football, knowing when to cut off a route, uh, knowing when he needs to really, you know, jump a route or get the right angle to either get a dis- uh, get a deflection or intercept the football. You see that kind of a bit here. He has a real good feel for the game in general, I would say. And so you absolutely love to see that at his frame, just being able to use that to his advantage and you know just dominating whole sides of the field you know you could definitely play a number of different coverages uh zone coverages main coverages but i would say zone coverages specifically because you got a guy like chris rice who really knows how to anticipate the football and knows how to make a play on the football when it comes down to it now the other one is ball skills i mean this is a guy who i believe also played a little bit of receiver as well i mean he's a great athlete all around here he is not gonna drop many interceptions at least not in my opinion uh this is a pretty strong thing for him here and not only that i mean he's also gonna be able to climb the ladder just a little bit and go get some tough uh you know throws and whatnot so there you go He definitely makes the most out of those opportunities. Now, talking about some of his lower grades, some of his areas of improvement here. And I think these are really areas of improvement because they could actually get better. 
and it's a little bit on him, but I would say uh, leverage, which is at a 6, and hit mobility at a 6.5 are the two that I would really like to see him improve. Um, let me start by talking about hip mobility here. I know he had an injury, I want to say, last year, which kind of cut his season short. His junior season, by the way, which kind of cut his season short. So I, I really wonder, you know, how much that affected some of his agility and whatnot. I know he was out for the majority of that season, I want to say, which was really tough and whatnot. And so I think he's still kind of getting back into it. And I think this is something that he could definitely continue to work on. When I'm talking about hip mobility, I'm also talking about agility in general. And I think he could continue to put in that work, you know, continue to get stronger, continue to, you know, open up those hips, get his stretches done, and really improve that part of his game here. When I watch him play you know he's he's a little stiff he's just a little stiff when it comes to man coverage specifically you kind of see that a lot when he's uh, changing directions he takes a little bit of time and i think that could definitely be improved on here just by working on it a little bit harder here and being real intentional about opening up those hips because uh, i think once he does that that could go a long way uh, and unlock his potential moving forward another thing that could unlock more of his potential moving forward is his leverage he is a 6'3", 195-pound corner, and in my opinion, he doesn't always do the best job squeezing guys uh, out of room and using the boundaries. There are definitely times where, you know, you could kind of tell he's maybe trying to bait the corner or sorry the quarterback just a little bit too much and so he plays a little bit too far off and he's not as physical with Chris Rice here if he's going to continue to play corner uh which he can on the next level I'd love to see him just be a little bit more physical you know uh look at bigger cornerbacks like a sauce Gardner. I know Cody doesn't like that guy and uh you know he's not the biggest fan of him but I definitely look at a sauce Gardner and a Tariq Woolen out of uh the out of Seattle the Seahawks and just really watch how they handle guys at their frame. Because both of those guys are like 6'3 plus. Uh, six, you know, 6'3", six, 6'3", three, six, three plus in that range. And so I think there's a lot really to learn from them. Uh, in addition, you know, if you want to look at someone that may be a little bit more relatable, we also did film breakdowns on Rajon and Nashon, right? Who are both 6'2", six, 6'3", six, corners as well. Uh, shout out to those guys. Nashon, right, was somebody we actually had a conversation with um, when talking about his film breakdown and whatnot. Real good guy. Um, you know, I'd consider him PMC fam just a little bit here. You know, I'm just going to throw that out there because I know he supported our podcast really early on, both him and his brother. And uh, now Nashon is on the Cowboys, and I believe Rajon uh, just finished his senior year with Oregon State. And so you could go back and look at those film breakdown breakdowns on how they were able to manhandle some guys and really use their leverage to their advantage, which does include their height, you know. Um, I mean, they were just able to physically dominate some dudes. And 
even when they weren't strong enough to physically dominate some guys, you know, they were able to, you know, skill-wise and technique-wise, you know, squeeze those guys out of bounds and really make it tough on those receivers to catch the football and really contest those type of throws and catches. So, there you go there. Chris Rice, as a prospect, I look at him, and this is a kid that I really feel like could be a high upside project player for you know a lot of programs out there we'll talk about the next level stuff later but i think for a lot of programs if you bring him in and you know you say hey you're for sure go play corner we're gonna get your body right we're gonna get you there you know athletically and whatnot then you could really get something special out of chris rice or you know i would also say hey you know do you want to play safety I think he could be a pretty solid safety as well. Maybe a little bit of an enforcer too at that, uh, which would be big time. Either way, I mean, it's hard to teach DB skills and be 6'3". You don't see that all the time, but the ones who do, you know, even get a little bit of that stuff mastered and all that, you know, they're next level guys and potentially pro guys as well. So there you go. That's Chris Rice. Cody, what do you think about my evaluation and uh, my shout out to the Wright brothers? Well, I was going to accuse you for, for reading my mind because I started thinking about the Wright brothers too during your breakdown. I was like, man, that kind of sounds like, and then you said Nation and Rajon. I was like, oh, so Simon was thinking of that. So yeah, I mean, obviously I agree. I agree with, uh, you know, what that maximized frame at corner looks like, you know, and thinking back to those film breakdowns, I mean, just the wingspan alone makes it such a intriguing look right so obviously agree with you there and then you know looking at our grades look my highest grade or tied for my highest grade was strength slash tackling which you have as a tie for your highest grade as well so yeah no he's a he's the best tackler in this class at corner it's not even really close so just gonna point that out and then, you know, I'd say for my other strength of Chris Rice is I had his verticality rated high. Obviously, he has a little bit of an advantage here at that frame, at that height, I should say, of six foot three. But look, no matter how tall you are, you have to climb a staircase. Your staircase just so happens to go a lot higher than most at six foot three, you know, at that corner position. And so you could see quarterbacks tried to test. They tried to test him with their bigger receivers and Chris just said, nah. So, you know, I, I was very impressed by his verticality and, you know, just how, how strong he is and whatnot. Uh, so in the run game, you know, Chris Rice, huge asset. That is a bit of a rarer, you know, kind of technique or skill, I should say, of a cornerback. So you love to see that. You love to see that he gets up there, you know, for his ball skills. I, I initially had them around an eight, but then I saw him drop a pretty easy pick on that highlight reel so dropped him a couple points and you know i think that he could just you know be more aggressive with his hands watch the ball all the way in and stuff like that so i i mean but i still have his ball skills at a 7.4 i still think that they're solid obviously and and next level and then you know anticipation i have at a 7.8 he does a great job of you know reading guys and those quarterbacks and whatnot so same with his speed i i think that he's he's fast enough you know so not not blazing speed. He's not crazy fast, 
but he's fast enough, so that's where that 7.8 comes from. Pretty sound footwork-wise. I'd say he doesn't really cross his feet a lot. His base is pretty consistent, so I think that's something that has been a little different up into this point of the list is just that his footwork is not necessarily his biggest weakness. I'd say his biggest weakness. I think that leverage-wise, while he doesn't manipulate the field as well, I think that, you know, he does a good job of, you know, getting like that hand or that elbow kind of like into a spot where he can, you know, not not push, but just literally box out to a point the receiver and make a play on the ball. I think that he does a really good job of not maybe not leveraging the field, but leveraging his body pretty well. And um, yeah, I'd say that that helps out a lot. Uh, he's stronger in zone coverage, I'd say. And so I'm going to just build off of what you were talking about here a little bit and how my grade was reflected here. Look, hip mobility is his lowest rated thing. It's at a 6.8. He is rigid. He is stiff. And, you know, I, I don't know if I, I, I at least didn't recollect, um, you know, that, that recovery and whatnot. So I appreciate you bringing that up because that shows that it's something that could definitely just be solved a little bit with time as, as one thing, obviously still stretching, still working on it and doing drills. But I feel like, you know, that is something that, you know, with, with a full off season of, of not banging around in pads and being the physical player that he is, that's something that could improve just from, you know, a naturalist kind of standpoint as well. So, but, you know, I'd say that the hip mobility is most reflected in the man-to-man coverage. I would say that he just really can't flip his hips to keep up with some of these routes here. I mean, his man is still out of seven. I still think that he's solid at it. I still think that it's something that he could do and something that he does, you know, even against slot corners from time to time, which is good to see. So, you know, just noting all of that, I, I overall have Chris here at a 76.7, and with Coach V's 78.8, that puts him at a 77.75. I think he's he's a very solid prospect here who, you know, with, with some time and with some investment, could, could definitely be a starter on the next level here. And something that I want to kind of talk about here is, Coach V, you talked about his ability to play safety, and, you know, I will say that he's pro- he's probably, I wouldn't say maybe, maybe naturally closer to a safety is how I'll say it, but with the size, with the frame, with the skills at corner and, you know, Palmer Ridge, they had, you know, kind of riches of safeties this year between KJ and Josh. And so Chris did, you know, something that was for the team, I'd say. And he developed as a corner. And I think that that made him so much stronger as a prospect here. And, you know, despite his his recruitment to to Drake and, you know, being listed, spoiler, as, as a safety, I do think that he's going to find himself at corner. And, you know, Drake, I mean, you just look at the matchups and you have to draw Chris Rice onto their big dude in the red zone, I think, and develop that leverage a little bit more to use the sidelines. And I think that you have a pretty consistent defender for for red zone at that cornerback spot. Uh, Simon, does this sound far fetched at all to you? Slash, what's your reaction to his commitment and and my 
grades here. I know I'm kind of throwing a lot at you, but but you can catch it all at once. Yeah, no, I don't think it's far-fetched at all. I'm probably going to go a step further. Uh, you said he's committed to Drake, right? Correct. FC, FCS, right, by yeah. The way, for, Super for happy order. for him. Uh, I know our guy Noah Triplett will be there as well. So they're getting two really good athletes from Colorado. But, you know, with Chris Rice... And we're going to talk. There's still two more corners to talk about. So just keep this in mind. I'm not going to continue to say this for their segments, obviously. But with Chris Rice here, I truly believe that he has the highest upside out of all the corners on this list. You know, I know he is coming off of that, uh, you know, tough junior season and whatnot. Going into the senior year, he really needed to have, I mean, he needed to be healthy and play a good season and be out there and uh, get snaps and whatnot. And that's what he did. And he did a pretty solid job here. I mean, he was part of probably the best secondary in all of Colorado uh, this last year or two. Well, mostly this last year, I would say. And that really went a long way. I mean, we got to see this secondary that he was a part of against, pa or sorry, not Palmer Ridge, against Vista Ridge. Not once, but twice. Well, in person, that one time in the regular season, I believe Gideon watched their game uh, in the postseason through uh, streams and whatnot. And so against Vista Ridge, I mean, they have a lot of shifty corners and we know we kind of talked about his hit mobility and stuff like that. But he did all right. You know, he wasn't always lined up against a BB or a Keyshawn, I would say. I, I kind of want to say he kind of drew the Gavin Jenkins Um you know, he drew he drew that matchup more than anything, uh, because Gavin's their biggest receiver. He's like six four, six five, you know, and so he did his thing against him and kind of just took him out of the equation there. But you know, the few times I want to say he was rotated onto a BB or key shot, which wasn't a lot. Like you said, he did okay. You know, and you could really feel good about that if you are getting a guy like Chris Rice, you know. Uh, he got better as the season went on, uh, I would say, you know, for sure. And so he's definitely somebody that I feel like has the most upside. He's somebody that can not only be a really good starter rotational guy, but I believe he has star potential. Um, like I said, it's potential. It could be anything moving forward, but that is my belief here. But, you know, as we evaluate these corners, we're evaluating them based on their senior year and a little bit of what they've done in the past. And so it's based on the now, not the later. And I think, yeah, I mean, that's kind of just my viewpoint here. It's not every day you get a 6'3 corner who's not like skinny. Like he is pretty built. He's pretty filled out at 195 pounds. Usually when you get taller corners, you know, they're, they're a little bit lighter. You know, that was actually our, I think that might have been one of our bigger issues with both Rajon and Nashon. You know, they were kind of taller dudes, but they were definitely a little bit wiry, a, li a little, you know, a little skinny. And it's not just us who said that their head coach at Laney said that as well. Uh, stick and pull. I think they were uh, their names there. So, yeah. Yeah, I think that was and it. And <laughs> Chris Rice is not that because he's 195 pounds. And so for him to move at that, you know, height, weight frame, 
it's pretty good. You know, you can live with that. And so it's going to be on the coaching staff to develop him at Drake and really get the most out of him because I think you could potentially get an all-conference type of guy. Is that fair to say, Cody? Like I said, it's all potential. It's all theoretical up until, like, right now, you know? It's just a game theory. Just kidding. Don't copyright us on that. But anyways, uh, no, I, I don't think that's blasphemous to say. I do like the potential. I mean, look, it's, you know, as as receivers have gotten bigger and more physical and the game has catered to them a lot more, it is harder to find these corners to match up like that. And Chris Rice, with his frame and with the things that he has shown, with his strength, with his verticality, with his athleticism, with his ball skills, he gives you the opportunity to address exactly that. And I think that, you know, it's something that you need to be looking at. This is, you know, an all-conference kind of guy. I think that this is, you know, a potential, you know, the upside. If we're talking ceiling here, the upside goes pretty dramatically far. But he does really, really have to get those hips loosened up. I'd say quite a bit uh, for this to become a reality. Not saying that he can't do it. Obviously, you know, like I said, each year that he gets away from that, injury riddled season then you know that becomes an easier barrier to overcome but it is still a barrier nonetheless but you know i i want to also just echo to you yeah congratulations obviously to your commitment to drake this is a d1 defensive back and you know coach v and i here obviously feel that this is a very high upside d1 corner here that could really make some noise on the fcs level I mean, in the conference, but on the FCS level as well. And, you know, really be an impact player here. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think based on what we saw, though, uh, if he was to play right now, I would probably say he's a D2 guy. If he was to play right now, but, you know, guys don't play right away. You know, he's going to have his time to develop, get better. I could definitely see FCS, not even ceiling-wise. You know, I just think in general he could play on that level on that level um i wouldn't say sooner but probably just a little later so uh yeah but um become best friends with the trainer yeah you know do what you gotta do soon, to soon. reach that level you know i'm just glad he made it there and he's gonna get an opportunity to compete and get better and go against some pretty solid dudes so yeah i think he's real deserving of it honestly so yeah, I'm I'm really happy for him. But uh with that being said, is there anything else you wanted to mention here, Cody, before you talk about our number two corner in this class? Uh I just echo I'm happy for him and um yeah, I mind if I talk about this number two yeah, guy? Yeah, go for it. I don't know if many people will know about him, and so this will be really fun to do. Those who do know are in the know and and are in the right spot to know i'll just sprinkle that in there but this number two cornerback out of overland high school here is kamari owens here look six foot one we're looking at around 160 ish 165 ish pounds here and yeah i'm just gonna go down the line with kamari here so I have hip mobility at a 6'7", speed at an 8'6", verticality at an 8'3", 
Strength slash tackling at a 6-1. Footwork at a 6-8. Anticipation at a 7-3. Ball skills at 7-7. Man-to-man at 8.2. Zone coverage at 7.8. And leverage at 8.4 here. So let's talk about the things that are going right here for Kamari Owens. And it starts with leverage. And it starts with man coverage as well. I have him rated as the best man-to-man corner. I don't want to speak for Simon, but I'm pretty sure it's similar over for him. I have him rated as the best man corner in this class. I think that he's very sticky. He's pesky. He's very hard to get rid of. And, you know, I think that he's just so dang physical. I also have his leverage rated as the highest in this class. I think that he does a great job of not only using the boundary to his advantage, but I think that he does a great job of just getting underneath shoulder pads in coverage. Low man wins and Kamari Owens lives by that. He doesn't die by that because his leverage is consistent. It's constant. It's harassing. And it's just very, very well played. It's very cerebral. It's very smart. Everything that he does in man to man and, you know, in that leverage game. And, you know, personally, I, I'm a huge fan of corners that can hold their own in man. Obviously, I want smart corners in zone, which I think he's capable of as well as evident by my 7.8. But I mean, if you can really trust one of your guys to be on an island, it makes scheming the entire defense so much easier. And I know Coach V feels that sentiment as well. I mean, just talking, you know, got to talk about the good times as a Bronco fan. The, one of the best defenses of all time was because we had three corners that could just man up and we could do whatever we wanted with the rest of the defenders. So, you know, that was that was during that Super Bowl run. But I digress. Back to Kamari here. Another thing that I have rated very high is both his speed and verticality. He is a very solid athlete climbing the staircase. He can really get up there and punch the ball out and, you know, rip away the ball. He, get, he does a great job of closing speed as well. I think that one thing that we haven't really gotten too much of an opportunity to talk about on this list in the speed department is that closing speed how much of a gap can be created and how fast can that gap be closed and kamari does a great 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 job of closing that gap very fast very efficiently slamming the door shut on quarterbacks and receivers looking for that big play here so you know those things are all in eights i talked about his zone coverage is very solid his ball skills i want to see some more ints here but i think that from a perspective of making plays on a ball that maybe he shouldn't be able to he overcompensates in that way he does a great job with pass deflections getting in there punching it out and you know just being able to rip use i mean he's at he's six foot one so you know he's he's got a solid frame a solid reach a solid wingspan i should say i'm pretty sure his wingspan is probably you know longer than he is tall and uh, I feel like that's evident when watching his film and some of the breakups that he is capable of doing. Not sure of his exact measurables. I could be wrong, but it, it at least appears that way. Now, maybe some things that you could prove. I mean, anticipation, that's at a 7.3. I think it could use some improvement. But his strength slash tackling is my biggest question mark with Kamari. Look, he's just... You talk about stick and pull with Nashon and Rajon. That's kind of where Kamari's at a little bit here at this six foot one, 160 pound frame. It actually makes him the lightest cornerback on this list. 
Now, this gives some concern tackling. He's not a consistent tackler. He tackles high sometimes. And, you know, I, I just think that he needs to be more consistent. And he's not, he doesn't engage as much as I'd want him to in the run game. And so his strength slash tackling is a concern for me. Major, major concern here at 6.1 here. It's probably the biggest thing that you need to focus on with Kamari. And then following that here, you know, his footwork and hip mobility are kind of close here. I think that against corner or against receivers where he's able to bully them a little bit more, I think that he just gets lazy. Honestly, I don't think that it's a lack of ability, but I do think that, I mean, it's still a bad look when he's definitely not flipping his hips or taking his footwork as seriously because there are plays where he shows flashes of, oh, that was pristine footwork. He's really fluid with his hips. But then there's other times where I'm like, is he, you know, sleepwalking out there? What's going on? So, you know, his footwork and hip mobility at a 6.8 and a 6.7 respectively, just because I got to see the consistency revolving around those. Coach V, we have some similarities. We have some differences here. But go ahead and talk about this sleeper, I should say, prospect out of uh, Overland. And I correct me if I'm wrong, but this is the first Overland player to make a top five senior list, right? Yeah, it is the first Overland player to make a Let's top go. five senior list. Um, yeah, let me just go down the line here with my grades here. Eight for hit mobility, speed, 8.5, verticality, 8.6. Six for strength and tackling, footworks an 8.5, anticipation 8.2, ball skills 7.3, man to man 8.7, zone coverage 7.2, leverage 8.7 for an overall grade of a 79.7 here. Uh, let me talk about his highest grades first per usual. So gave him an 8.7 for man to man and an 8.6 for verticality here. Uh, look. He is the strongest man-to-man -man player on this list. He, in my opinion, is the type of corner that you could have him follow uh, the best receiver around. At least on the high school level, you could do that. On the next level, you know, we'll we'll talk about that later. But on the high school level, if he was on your roster, I think this is somebody that would definitely travel uh, just in one-on-one, -on -one, and you knew that you were going to get a one-on-one -on -one matchup uh, there. And so... There you go. But he's really good. I mean, he's a real in-your-face, physical type of football player. Just up and down the field. You know, he covered a variety of routes over there. He really did his thing just locking down uh, his man. And, I mean, he he does a lot of things right, I'm just going to say. You know, for someone that's a little bit on the lighter side, and, you know, he's he's pretty tall, too. His 6'1 is pretty good, I would say. He uses all of that to his, his, to his advantage, and he just sticks to receivers, and he really doesn't give them a lot of room to breathe and get separation, and that's what makes him great, in my opinion. Uh, verticality, like I said, 8.6. He could get up there. There were a couple of times that, you know, we saw some red zone plays here. And he did really good, you know, just being able to get up there and break it up. You know, being able to jump with a lot of receivers and contest that. I was very impressed and so loved to see that. Um, so there you go. Now talking about some things he could work on. Six for strength and tackling. Cody, you already talked about it. I mean... 
In my opinion, I would love to see him put on a little bit more weight here and just be more willing to go make a tackle and just lay some dude out. You know, I think there are times it looks like he's a little hesitant, but, you know, at the same time, maybe he's just not reading that it's a run play super well either. So there you go. But regardless, he just needs to get bigger, and I think he could afford to get stronger even if it hurts the speed and maybe agility just a little bit. I'd rather him be stronger and be a little bit more of a bump and run type of guy and, uh, you know, someone that could just really be up in there and make plays in the run game as well. And then ball skills uh, was not the next lowest grade. I think his next lowest for me was zone coverage, and then it was ball skills here. I don't think he's horrible in zone. I think a lot of his best plays are definitely in man, though. In zone, I think there are definitely some play rec issues that I kind of look at it and I'm like, uh, he's not quite recognizing it. There's kind of a lot going on here, and I think he could do a little bit more work, you know, just fine-tuning that, um, in my opinion. So, there you go. But not the biggest deal i mean i think that's just a consistency issue now ball skills at a 7.3 here there were a lot of plays where i feel like you did a good job cutting off the guy he really bullied the receiver up and down the field he's in position to make a play he's just not quite able to finish it would we'll love to see him make more catches and coverage and uh you know if the ball is up in the air you that should be yours you know, as a corner, I'd love to see him just convert more of those plays into turnovers because turnovers really speak here. And I think that's one of the reasons why he's under the radar, just because he doesn't have the greatest hands, in my opinion. So there you go. But Kamari Owens all together. This is a kid that I really love watching. Uh, I don't think I mentioned this, but I gave him an 8.74 leverage. And that was actually tied for... Uh, his highest grade here he does a really good job squeezing guys out of bounds and using uh, that space and just not allowing a lot of air for receivers and so as a prospect that's his game he's a man cornerback who's gonna lock up he's gonna use the boundaries he's gonna stick to you he's gonna be physical he's gonna pester you up and down the football field and not really take any breaks there um, that's just who he is as a corner now there are some things I think he could work on here uh, that I would say just doing some film work could really solve here. Plus hitting the weight room a little bit and adding on weight. I think doing those things would go a long way and really him becoming a prospect that a lot of colleges would love to have. You know, because I think he's a gritty type of corner here. Uh, true corner, I may say, who, you know really has the potential to just lock up and be a great man corner on the next level but you know to be that on the next level you also have to be sufficient and efficient enough at the other things that they may ask you like stopping the run zone you know uh all that great stuff cody is that fair to say what do you think about my eval there for kamari owens I mean, we're pretty toe-to-toe -to -toe on it, honestly. And, you know, he does need to put on weight. He can improve in his ball skills. There's more. He definitely left some plays out on the field. Uh, I'm not not going to refute that at all. So, you know, um, but, you know, as far as everything that he does well, I think that, you know, he, he can 
he can climb. And I think something else worth mentioning here, you know, we both have his speed rated pretty high, you know, and, and listed in his Twitter bio, he does run an 11.1400 meter, which is, it's really good. So, um, you know, he is fast, uh, both off and on the field. And, you know, Coach V, he has, he has some interests on his Twitter as well. Would you like me to, to read through some yeah, of Yeah, go for it. So, you know, it, at least in the order of, of offers, I believe, it, it goes CSU Pueblo, but, you know, he did get re-offered by them. Chadron State, Black Hills State, Western Colorado, and Coach V, UNC. Skull Bears. Oh. We haven't we haven't got to talk about guys offered by UNC. Literally as of four hours ago of this recording on January eleventh, he got offered by Northern Colorado. So this is this is his first D one offer. And uh, you know, that. this is obviously a um, you know, this is a great, you know, th- this is a great move, I feel, from the new staff at UNC here. And uh yeah, no, I'm I'm very excited about about this opportunity for him. Now, yeah, let, let's hear what's your what's your reaction here, Coach V? To okay, okay. Well, you know, I got love for CSU Pueblo, Shadron, all them boys, but okay, Coach Lamb, I see you putting in work, doing uh, a little bit of a deep dive. See, here's the thing: this episode's gonna come out on Friday, right? Which is like. Well, today's Wednesday, so like two days from now, and people gonna be like, "Oh, y'all, y'all didn't find a sleeper. UNC already offered him." But I swear to God, Cody, you know, you told me this literally yesterday that I might have found a sleeper. We did these, and <laughs> we did these grades before the. Before I found out, it literally happened today when we recorded January 11th. But we had these grades yes. already, so. I, I, Cody, I was looking for, you know, this, I was doing all I, I could to look for corners for probably a week now. And Kamari Owens popped up and you know how I felt about it. Cause obviously he's right here at number two. Well, and he's not a guy that statistically really jumps off of the statue either. So like, that's how you know that this is a dive because I mean, it's one thing for us to try and, you know, sort by interceptions and watch through those guys' films, which we did do. We did look at the interception leaders and, you know, we watched through their film and watched through, we watched a lot of film. A lot of it was hard to watch, but not Kamari Owens' film. And so, you know, I am, this gets me excited because I feel like with the previous coaching staff, mini UNC rant, we would talk about a guy and then they'd get offered by UNC. It's nice to see unco acting like a d1 program and beating us to the punch at least this time um and with with a new staff nonetheless and i i probably we could probably be expecting a little bit more of this as we continue through our top fives but i mean it's look look we're we're analysts right we're scouts we evaluate guys but we're also alumni of unc so we're always excited to see a player this high up on our list get a look from unco and, you know, I think that it's it's deserved for us to be excited, especially, you know, we, we've we've had to experience some real downers. So just just let us have this. All right. And we we've, we're on this, too. So, yeah, this was this was a great find by Coach V. Want to shout him out there. I watched it. We liked it. Here he is at number two. You know, 
my overall grade at a 75.9, Coach V's at a 79.7, leaving Kamari's overall grade at a 77.8, and definitely giving that upside of that FCS D1 level. UNC, you could come uh, pick us up as scouts. I'd do it, not for free though, but I'd do, <laughs> I'd do it. Just... <laughs> we got bills to pay from you, it is... from you, UNC. Well, for now, but, anyway. but yeah. Uh, honestly, well, here, let me actually react to this. Love this for Kamari Owens. I think that'd be such a great fit because here's the thing. The big sky sucks. The big sky has so many like high flying offenses. Uh, I just off the top of my head, Eastern Washington is like always up there. Well, then you always have both the Montana's Montana and Montana state are both good Weber's thrown in there. Then you have, I mean, a lot of the West Coast schools as well, uh, like Sac State, you know, they're doing their thing. And so for UNC to go out and offer a hometown guy, not quite home because, you know, Aurora Greeley, but, you know, for them to go ahead and offer somebody in-state is uh, huge because I really do think he's a really good man-to-man guy. I think this is somebody that uh, if you just set the role like, hey, you know, you're going to bump and run all night long. You're going to really be in this receiver's face, and sometimes you're going to lose. Sometimes he's going to beat you off the line, but most of the time you're going to really stick him, and that's what we need you to do. And, you know, if you look at the makeup of this UNC roster as well, some of the pass rushers they got, you know, that's pretty big. David Hogue, uh, hopefully I'm saying that right. I believe he'll be returning. He's an All-American. Uh, Marcus Howard from Aurora Central last year, someone that I was really happy we were able to get. He had like 22 sacks as a senior. He'll be there, hopefully getting some playing time. And then, you know, when you have a good pass rush, uh, you know, and then you start adding corners like this, that could slowly start squeezing the air out of offenses and really just start suffocating offenses. Then you're cooking with fire, to be honest with you. And in a good way, I would say you're cooking with something that, you know, really can't go wrong. And I honestly love that UNC has never really had horrible defenses, I would say. I would just say we've had offenses that haven't been able to hold up their end of the bargain. And the defense is out there 80% of the game. So I'm just going to put that out there. But, you know, Kamari Owens getting offered. We'll see what happens. Uh, Potentially, you know, this is just the beginning. And he'll get offered by the entire big sky by this episode comes out. That would be wild, but not out of the picture. Uh, That'd be huge, you know. And so super happy for him. Would love for him to just commit on the spot. That would make everything easier. But, you know, I'm biased. And we'll see. Right, Cody? Yeah, I mean, look. Please, please, UNC. Secure the the bag on this one. Kamari, look, I I feel like, you know, this, this staff is in a good position to get him right. Get him squared away. Get him to that you know, that level that he can reach. I think that he also has nice upside. And, you know, I think that, uh, I think it's going to be a fun journey to watch as long as he's a bear. I, I mean, we're still going to root for, let me clarify. Cause that comes off a little sideways, but we're still, we still root for these players no matter where they go. I just want to put that out there. So if Kamari ends up going somewhere else, obviously good for him and, and the fit, 
But the greedy part of me definitely is looking at that UNC offer and and is crossing my fingers for it a little bit. Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. I mean, you know, if he gets offered by South Dakota State, I wouldn't mind if he goes there either. You know, it's not the first time, you know, we've had players offered by UNC and then other FCS come calling and uh, offer. Shout out Bryce Johnson, by the way, who won a national championship last week. Um, Number three, safety. Playing linebacker over there. True. So there you go. What? Oh, True. I thought you said who. I was about to say. <laughs> but, no. Bro. But yeah. Anyways, there yeah. you go. That's Kamari Owens out of Overland. Um, great player, honestly. And before we go into our number one cornerback, Cody, do you mind if I talk about honorable mentions here just real quick? Yeah, we got some. Yeah. We got some. So go ahead and we, lay it we down. We kind of got a lot. I'm just going to list all the ones that we were able to grade. And so these honorable mentions were guys that finished just outside of the top five grade-wise. We looked at Josh Harvey. You know, this was a kid that we watched. We both watched live. I watched him a couple of times. Um, and he did his thing there. Out of Regis Jesuit, he finished just outside here. Calvin Ward out of Dakota Ridge, that's another one that you know we've both been able to watch. He finished just outside here. And then we have, okay, we have uh, KJ Smedley, who I feel like I really need to shout out. First off, he is actually going to UNC, to Northern Colorado. So super happy about that. But he's going to play safety. And I'm just going to be honest. I swear to God, I for sure thought he played corner. I'm pretty sure he did it as a junior. And then we looked at his senior film, and he was definitely a safety. (laughs) He was just definitely a safety. And that's sometimes how these things go. Um, Still evaluated him as a cornerback anyways, but we both just agreed that, you know, for this list, he just plays a little bit, a lot more safety than corner his senior year. So we really can't classify him as that. Now, if he was to make our senior Or if we were to evaluate him as a safety, he would have made our top five senior list, I would say for sure. Uh, He probably would have made this top five corner list too. But like I said, he's a safety. He's going to go play for Northern Colorado. By the way, great dude out of Palmer Ridge, by the way. Got to meet him at TFG tryouts last week, and he's a real nice guy. Looking forward to see him turn up for UNC as well. Great coach. What was that? Great yes, coach. great coach. He knows what he's talking about. So there you go. But um, just mentioning him as an honorable mention, just because he was definitely talented enough to make it. So there you go. And then we have a hand, a, a lot of guys uh, who, you know, we feel like could have played a little bit more corner and focused a lot on it but potentially is probably a better fit on the offensive side of the ball on the next level. And so that includes uh, Jamani Jackson, or sorry, Draymonty Jackson out of far northeast. He is somebody that you might see on our running back top five list. We still got to talk about that and get all of that figured out. But he's a, he was a very good running back and cornerback for them. He did his thing for them over there. There's also Jordan Neeson out of Pooter. Um, he played corner opposite of Luke Olson. He's a really good athlete, but he is 
probably most definitely a running back or maybe even a receiver on the next level. Hopefully, we'll talk about him in our top five. Then we have Cameron Lewis, formerly of Riverdale Ridge, now of Mullen. He went to Mullen, and they just had him play receiver, I guess. And so that was that, but he did his thing uh, there at corner at times. There's Isaac Gomez out of Thornton, um, another guy, you know, who we felt like played a lot of corner last year. But just really shifted his focus to receiver. Played a little bit of safety here and there. But is definitely mostly a senior. Or a most. Well he is a senior. But mostly a receiver. And then there's Marcellus Honeycutt Jr. Out of Eastern Washington. Or who will be going to Eastern Washington. Plays running back. We will probably evaluate him. As a running back as he makes. Or will probably make our top 5 list. I don't know if he will or not yet. But he did have some cornerback film. And so that kind of just goes out to all the athletes that also play running back and receiver. Most likely, we evaluated you as a corner. And there was just not quite enough there to pique our interest. Or we just felt like, you know, you were definitely mostly a offensive guy on the next level. So, yeah. Cody, what do you think about our honorable mentions? Is there anything else you want to add on here before you talk about our number one cornerback? in the class of 2023. I think that you did a good job of summarizing our thoughts here, your thoughts and my thoughts on, on the evaluation of all those guys. Um, I'm, I'm, I just, I'm still laughing because you just, you, you nailed it. So I think that we're ready to talk Thank about you. that number one guy. Uh, go ahead, go ahead and introduce our number one cornerback. All right, so number one corner out of the class of 2023 here in Colorado is another Palmer Ridge High School athlete here in KC Fackerel here. I If I'm saying that wrong, my bad here, but KC here is obviously a stud. Number one rated at an average PMC grade of 81 point zero five here and is probably one of the most slept on prospects of this 2023 season but 2022 season 2023 class but let's go ahead and jump into it i'm just gonna go down the list here so starting at the top hip mobility 7.1 speed 8.2 verticality 7.7 strength slash tackling 7.9 footwork 6.7 Anticipation 8.5, ball skills 8.3, man-to-man 7.7, zone coverage 8, leverage 7.9. So starting off with the highlights here, anticipation and ball skills both lead the pack here at an 8.5 and an 8.3 respectively. He reads quarterbacks like a book. There's really no other way to to really dance around that he does a great job of reading quarterbacks reading wide receivers to then read quarterbacks right like he knows what route a receiver is going to run a lot of the time based off of little gives i can tell that casey does a great job watching film paying attention in that regard and uses that to break on the ball very effectively and honestly, his anticipation allows him to break up passes that, you know, he otherwise might not have any business defending. He 
you know, and I think that that ties in a little bit to his ball skills. He does a great job of getting his hand on the ball. There's plays where, you know, the receiver has him, you know, I'd say boxed out, but he does a great job of just reaching his hand in there, just pop it out because the receiver thinks he has him, but Casey has the situation under control, making sure he's not getting beat over the top and makes a play on that ball. He's dove and made great breakups on balls, just, you know, using that anticipation and, you know, getting his hand on the ball is very important and getting those deflections, critical deflections, first down saving deflections, and even touchdown saving deflections at times. So that is in huge part thanks to his anticipation and ball skills. He's able to adjust to the ball very, very well in air. You know, on deep passes, he does a great job of, you know, flipping his head, following the wide receiver and getting that pass deflection. And, you know, he even has a couple of plays where he does get that interception and makes a big play on said interception. In other categories of eight, I think that his speed is really solid here. It's it's not the fastest, but I think it is solid enough. He does a great job of keeping up with receivers through and through. He has great closing speed, obviously, when he breaks on the ball like that. Part of that is due to his speed as well. So got to shout those out. Then we got a couple of seven nines here. One in leverage, one in strength slash tackling here. Look, I think that he does a pretty good job of utilizing the field, utilizing his teammates as well. You know, we, we talk about the boundary and being able to squeeze guys there, but what about being able to squeeze guys, you know, in towards your safeties, in towards your linebackers, create really small windows for quarterbacks that they should not test and finding success with that. So, you know, I think that he does a great job of those things. I think he's a very sound tackler. Look, I think Palmer Ridge just top to bottom is very well coached. And so you end up with a lot of guys who are very fundamentally sound and, you know, believe in tackling the football carrier and getting low and exploding through the hips and driving those feet. So Casey, he is no exception here at, at the number one corner spot. I think that uh, zone coverage wise, he does a good job of playing his zone, leaking into, you know, other big play opportunities across zones. He does a great job of covering multiple players in his zone. I think that he's very smart where, you know, he can play like a flat and still make a play on, you know, like a corner route and whatnot. Just knowing his speed, being very aware of who he is as a player, as an athlete, and being able to make plays on that. Man-to-man wise, I'd say obviously, you know, at, at uh, you know, a pretty decent frame of 5'11", 180, he matches up pretty well physicality-wise with most guys, and he does a good job of keeping up with, with guys and staying on them and following through moves and whatnot. And, you know, I think this was evident in those Vista Ridge games where, you know, in the playoffs, he's making great plays on solid route runners, you know, great route runners like BB and, you know, other other great receivers, you know, I mean, um, for, for that Vista Ridge team, being able to break up passes of, you know, top 10 receivers and emphasis on top 10. But, you know, that that way he's he's solid. He can get up there. He makes plays on receivers that are bigger than him and gets up there and punches the ball out, both as a testament to his verticality as well as ball skills. So there's a lot of things that he's very sound at. He's very good at, and that, that landed him at a 78 for me. Some of the things that drag down that score a little bit and just keeps it just off the edge of being three-star evaluation is his footwork is like he literally loses his footing sometimes he crosses his feet all the time they get too close together 
So I just think that footwork, he does have some serious work to do and, you know, should look into a lot of those same recommendations that I was making towards Luke Olsen. Get that ladder out, get those tires out, get that fixed and squared away. I also think that, you know, his hip mobility could use some work. He's not like, I wouldn't say it's like bad, but it's not like completely fluid. Um, at least in, in my opinion, but part of that is probably from how cringe his footwork can be. But, um, you know, at the same time, his footwork isn't absolutely abysmal because when evading run blockers, he does use that footwork to get around. So, you know, it just depends. Obviously we want his footwork to be improved in the passing game since he is a cornerback, but you know, there is something to enjoy from there, but you know, just very smart reads receivers routes very 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 well makes plays on the ball based off their eyes and you know i think that uh he's he makes really sweet plays and you know he gets his hand in the mix and definitely elevates his play quite a bit here coach v your reaction to my grades slash go ahead and take us through your grades and then we can discuss following yeah that. no for sure i definitely agree with what you have to say uh i graded him really generously i would say but you know i went over it and i kind of feel like it's accurate in my way and so let me just talk at least compared to you i graded uh very generously but let me go ahead and talk about my grades here and how that works out so hit mobility gave him an 8.6 really like his agility uh speed 8.3 verticality 8.2 strength tackling 8.3 footwork i actually gave him an 8.3 anticipation 8.5 ball skills 8.6 man to man 8.6 zone coverage 8.2 and leverage 8.5 for an overall grade of 84.1 couple notes here before i talk about the grade uh his speed i feel like he is a lot faster <laughs> than what his 40 is listed uh, at least on huddle because he has it listed that he runs a 47 i kind of feel like I, I i just don't think that's accurate i think he's definitely not a 47 guy he's probably four five to four six probably late four five Honestly, that's kind of what I see there. So I kind of just went with the safe side and gave him a solid rating at an 8.3. Uh, regardless, he's going to be able to hold his own on the next level. I'm not concerned about that. But talking about his highest grades here, gave him an 8.6 in three categories. That's hip mobility, ball skills, and man-to-man -man coverage. Uh, really liked his agility. Got really smooth hips here. You know, changes directions really well. Is able to stop on a dime, do his thing. Uh, now, this was a guy that pulled a BB Hills and Keyshawn Dooley duty when they had to play him. And he held up really well against two speedsters and route runners who are very talented and thrive off of working inside those hash marks and whatnot. And he really did a good job just keeping up with them and being there, you know. And he, I, I was really impressed by that. 
both not not only in that regular season game, but also in the playoff game. In the playoff game, he got the game ceiling interception where Dorman was trying to scramble around, and it looked like he was about to throw it out of bounds. But then here comes Casey, and he gets a very nice toe tap uh, to go ahead and basically put that playoff game away. And so, I mean, it was basically put away. But I would say that was the dagger there. So, love to see that. That's where the ball skills come in at an 8.6. He has really reliable hands there. Always does a good job contesting passes as well, I might say, too. So, uh, or usually does. And then talking about man-to-man coverage, um, I'm going to agree with you this uh, agree with you on this here, Cody. He's a very smart football player, and he knows what he's doing. You could tell that he does his film work because he's able to recognize some plays straight up, and he runs some of these routes for receivers uh, kind of a lot, honestly. If you just kind of watch, you know, he runs some of these routes for these receivers because he knows what they're running. You know, that's it's just straight up. Um, he just knows that the running has a good IQ there. And, you know, four corners, it's real easy to cover it if you know what they're doing. And so, love to see that. I think that really goes a long way in how he plays certain situations, which is why his leverage is pretty good at an 8.5 as well. I may add, you know, he does a good job, you know, just being spatially aware and just, you know, keeping up the constant pressure on receivers, not giving them too much room to breathe either. And so, really love to see that. Now, is the lower grades here. Zone coverage at an 8.2, verticality at an 8.2. Uh, starting with zone, I kind of feel like uh, he doesn't play his zone as aggressive as he could. You know, I think he plays it pretty safe, which is right 100% of the time, I would say. Uh, you know, if you're playing it safe, you're right 100% of the time, you're still getting stops. But, you know, just because you're right 100% of the time doesn't always make it the best play possible. I think there are some plays where you could definitely jump the route a little bit, be a little bit more aggressive, bait the quarterback, you know, just a little bit more here and there. And, uh, yeah, and so I, I'd love to see a little bit more of that. Um, and so that's why his zone coverage isn't rated super high. Still does it well. But, you know, it is what it is. And then verticality, I mean, he's solid. It's still solid. It's an 8.2. But he's definitely kind of a smaller corner. Or definitely sometimes, I would say more so against taller receivers. I'm talking like, like you know, guys who are 6'2 plus. Where you could kind of tell he struggles maybe just a little bit there. And so I would love to see him continue to work on his hops and even be just a little bit more physical with some of those guys as well um, in those situations. I know there's the whole, you know, fear of like, you know, maybe pulling a PI, but, you know, you got to do what you got to do and make your presence known. And so really, I'm just nitpicking. He's still the number one quarterback looking at Casey as a prospect. He is probably the most well-rounded corner here. And, you know, one of the guys that has been playing for Palmer Ridge and having a pretty good role with them for kind of a long time here. I would say he's really done his thing there. And, you know, this Palmer Ridge secondary has always been good. Not just solid, but good to elite, I would say. And Casey has always been there to kind of head that up. They've always had really good safeties. You know, that's always been a thing. And so that kind of helps him, you know, just be able to develop and do his thing. But 
you know, as a senior and this being kind of the final product he put out there as a high school football player, he really showed out and showed that he's as close to a complete corner as possible. There are a lot of things he does well. He does good enough to play on the FCS level, uh, D1 level, in my opinion, you know. Um, now, is he the greatest athlete? Nah, probably not. But he's definitely a good enough athlete to at least play. His athleticism is not going to hold him back from playing on the D1 level, in my opinion. You know, I think it's about average, to be honest with you, when it comes to D1 corners, uh, especially in, on the FCS level. Cody, what do you think about that? Is that fair to say? Yeah, no, absolutely. I think that, I mean, look, these are these are high school players and there are some bridges that are going to need to be gapped to to play on the next level. But I think that Casey obviously has a lot of things going for him. And, you know, I, I'll... I see, I see where you're coming from, on you know wanting to be a bit more aggressive in that in that vertical and in that zone sense. I do think that you know there is a little bit to be desired aggressively. There are some plays that he is leaving on the field, um, but I think he's also not allowing plays, right? Which I mean, that is your job as a corner not to allow those big plays to happen. So, and uh, you know he did have one of the best plays of the season as well. Um, so, you know, he, you know that he's capable of, of being a playmaker here. And, you know, I'd say that he was in a great position to make even more plays than he did. I think that context is something that plays a role here, too. Because, I mean, look, we talked Josh Gerlach on our top five senior safeties. We talked Caden Dudley here, who probably could have made top five senior safeties. You know, at least is in that mix. He's a D1 guy, Josh Gerlach. D2 guy at the bare minimum, upside of D1 guy. Chris Rice, who we talked about here, he's committed to Drake in that secondary. And KC here, hold, that's like, sorry, it just, it's hitting me like a bag of bricks how talented this secondary was and how special it was that they all played together. But I mean, when you have all these other guys making plays, get yours, get yours, you know, get get a piece yourself uh, and, and, you know, convert. Uh, some more of these into some bigger plays, right? So I, I, I got to agree with you. And, uh, you know, context definitely makes me expect a little bit more. Um, but I think it's completely fair. So, yeah. And I mean, I get it, too, because you don't want to just leave, you know, your guys out to dry and, you know, have them consistently clean up your mistakes and whatnot. Like, obviously, you don't want to do that. Um, but, you know. You can afford it. And look, uh, this is also a testament, just talking again, to how great this Palmer Ridge secondary and team was. I mean, they really had one of the best secondaries uh, in all of Colorado. I'd say Fountain Fort Carson probably had the best at their peak. I think they were just a little bit better, in my opinion. That I mean, that's me. That's just me. I'm just throwing that out there. It's not going to be well-received, uh, potentially. But I think you can understand that they had a really good secondary at one point, really good pass defense at one point. So there you go. But Palmer Ridge was always there. And, you know, as they have transitioned to this 4A level and competed on this 4A level, they've done pretty good, you know. And I think you can look at guys like KC who have really led that charge, who have really, you know, been the dog out there to be like, yo, 
give me the number one receiver on the opposing sideline. And he'd go ahead and he'd challenge them and go to war against them. I mean, that's pretty big time. Uh, just looking at the opponents Pomeridge has had in the last couple of years. I mean, you got Mesa Ridge, the Cheeks brothers, both Carter and Carver. Um, or sorry, not, oh, I'm tripping. Uh, Cash and Carver, I don't know why I said Carter there. Uh, both really good receivers who are going to play on the next level. Great athletes, tall, you know. Great receivers. You have the Vista Ridge boys, the Dooleys, uh, BB Hills of the world. You know, you got Ponderosa and Max Mervin. They've played them twice a year. Or not, sorry, not twice a year. But they've played them twice these last two years. I miss speaking so bad. I apologize on that. You know, they've played a number of, like, top-tier passing or... Yeah, I'd say that. Top-tier passing offenses in Colorado, and they've held up well, and KC has pretty much always pulled that wide-out one matchup, and he's done well. So I think this is really deserving. Um, now, looking at his offers, it's not quite deserving, I would say. Uh, don't you think, Cody, do you want to talk about some of the offers and uh, interests he has here? Yeah, definitely not not getting the looks that uh, one would hope for. Also, just wanted to squeeze in there, uh, you know, did face off against uh, solid passing offenses in the likes of Skyline this past postseason, as well as Pueblo West, um, who, who has turned up through the air at times as well. But Casey's, yeah, look, from what I can find, the only thing that I can find is edits, or visits. And that's to Missouri Western, Fort Lewis, and CSU Pueblo. Simon, am I, is there any that you found that I don't have on this Kansas list? Kansas has uh, invited, they invited him to uh, their homecoming game last year. Uh, CSU invited him out to a game. And I think he went to a UNC camp at some point as well. So Either way, these are all game day visits. They're all edits. And they're all... But none of these are offers. Is I think is the quote-unquote important thing to look at here. And, and I say it like that because, well... It's... <sighs> I am flabbergasted <laughs> uh, that he does not have that he doesn't have an offer at least to one of these yet. I mean, he's I definitely think that Missouri Western is somebody that should pull the trigger sooner than later. I think that, you know, maybe UNC with their new staff doing some new research, maybe that'll turn into an offer. And then and then we'll be it'll be the same thing with Kamari Owens, uh, just with Casey as well with us. But I, I think that, you know, he'd be a good fit for, for Jay Norvell and those Rams, but uh, it's it's kind of, it's just hard to tell right now what, what that's going to look like. And it's really, I don't know. Yeah, I, Simon, I'm at a loss for words here. You mind uh, filling the void? Yeah, here? I want to read this tweet that one of his former teammates, Deuce Roberson, um, tweeted, said about him real quick here. Deuce, by the way, was an all time he was a legendary receiver all time in Colorado high school football history. He won Juco. <laughs> he won Juco 
did his time there. Now he's actually back at Colorado, recruited by Coach Prime's uh, CU, I'm pretty sure. So uh, he was one of the first guys to transfer to CU. So uh, he's he's made it, you know. But a former Palmer Ridge teammate, he said about Casey, this kid could ball. I've, uh, this is him tweeting it out, by the way. He said, this kid can ball. I've trained with Casey since he was in the eighth grade. Always kept up with us older guys and has a chip on his shoulder. If you don't get him, better hope you don't play against him 100. And then the shaking hands emoji there. Uh, look, this Palmer Ridge skill group knows what they're talking about. Uh, I'm just going to throw that out there. You know, Deuce, he's somebody that's like all time like a top five receiver, I would say, in receiving yards. He's probably up there in touchdowns as well. He has his state championships too. He was part of that Palmer Ridge dynasty run there, you know, and he's one of the best to ever do it in high school football history. So he's know what he's talking about. And, you know, those Palmer Ridge boys, they definitely like work out and train with each other. Just to throw a couple guys out there. You obviously have Deuce. You have Anthony Costanzo, who's at UNLV. Yeah, you have guys like Josh Gerlock and Chris Rice, who both made a top five list uh, this year. You know, you have Caden uh, Dudley, who's over at Boise State right now. You know, you have all they have a lot of guys that are next level skill players. And for arguably the best one out of all the guys they've had over these last couple of years, uh, or at least one of the best over all the guys they've had these last couple of years, to so go ahead and say that about Casey uh, is big time because Deuce was really difficult to guard back in the day. And so, I mean, he's right. You know, Casey, he's a dog. He's someone that's been playing at a high level for a pretty long time here. Like I said, you know, has contributed to this Palmer Ridge team for a really long time, being part of that core. And he's going to go somewhere, and he's going to ball out. You know, he's going to show that he could be an instant rotational type of guy for a lot of D2s, I would say, maybe even a starter for a lot of D2s. And then, uh, realistically, I think he's an FCS guy. If he goes to any of those FCS schools uh, and maybe makes it as a walk-on, he could definitely shock some guys. Would definitely love to see Northern Colorado go out and get him. I could kind of see why, the, I mean, I, could, I guess I could kind of see why they don't, you know, just a little bit, uh, just because... I mean, they've probably already looked at him, and maybe there's something they don't like. Maybe it's because he's a little bit shorter, doesn't play man as well, not as good of an athlete as maybe they want. You know, that's fine, I guess. He's still a really good all-around player that is going to add value to your DB group because, you know, your group is only as good as its weakest link. And even if he is your weakest link, that's still pretty good, honestly. Um, and he could even be your strongest length. I'm just throwing that out there as well because he does a lot of things for you. And he's a smart player that understands the game and is almost a plug-and-play guy, to be honest with you. Um, but we'll see, you know. It's gonna be it's gonna it's gonna be a long couple weeks here leading up into signing day. Hopefully uh team comes in and offers him sooner than later. But if not, you know, there's always the there's, I mean, there's always, there's always the chance that he goes JUCO. He does really well because you know he could do everything, and he's not gonna come off the field, and then he'll earn his opportunity just like Deuce did as well. But 
hopefully it doesn't come down to that and he just get the um, you know recognition he deserves i think he is firmly an fcs guy i would say and yeah is that fair to say cody i think i mean i i just he just really screams fcs to me in a good way not in a bad way yeah i think with the with the testimonies you know of of some very quality talent you you have to give this guy a look i think that he's definitely an fcs guy and um you know i think i think that a lot of these guys i i'll say this in general about this year's corners you know especially these top five they have things that they're good at some of them have things that they're great at but they all do have areas of focus i'd say more so than the group last year where you know there there were nines in some categories for some of those guys last year we didn't quite see that this year not on my scale and i don't think on no. your scale either simon so you know they're there no matter who you are like pick pick what matches your roster pick what you need but all these guys address some sort of need and casey addresses a few more needs i'd say on on a constant consistent play-by-play basis than maybe some of these other guys so you know he's a difference maker and he's he's available so just offer him and don't don't fall behind the eight ball on this one because uh, Casey is going to do wonders for some program, and uh, you better hope that you don't play against him. Yeah, no, for sure. But, you know, just to recap here, our top five seniors in the class of 2023 here in Colorado goes Braylon Warren out of Cherry Creek. At four, we got Liam Edwards out of Ponderosa. At three, we got Palmer, or we got Chris Rice out of Palmer Ridge. At two... We got Kamari Owens out of Overland. And then at number one is Palmer Ridge's Casey Fackrell there. So kind of kind of weird that four of these corners high schools all start with P. There's there's no pattern. There's no like that it does it doesn't mean anything, but I was just like Pooter, Ponderosa, Palmer Ridge. Poverland. But anyways. <laughs> That's not Cody at all. Cody, go ahead and uh, close here. This is staying in the episode. (laughs) Sounds good. Okay. So, (laughs) okay. Um, For more uh, evaluations, laughs, fun, and, and football, please be sure that you are staying tuned to Playmakers Corner as found to be listened to on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Anchor, Anywhere you listen to podcasts, we have also have a handful of episodes up on the YouTube. So go ahead and check us out over there. Subscribe. And, you know, while you're subscribing to things, especially video media, be on the lookout as, you know, come February, I'd say, and into March, we will be back on Twitch on Playmakers Corner. So please be sure to check us out there on our Twitch streams and watch us evaluate players live. It is, you know, a chance to get behind the scenes, see our process a little bit more, watch us talk our thoughts out loud. Because in this format, you know, you get to see what we're, what our conclusion has come to versus there where you can see the process to our conclusion on film evaluation. So just stay tuned for that. For other, you know, video entertainment, please check us out on TikTok at Playmakers Corner. And for just updates on episodes and any content that we have coming out, as well as, you know, stories that we share 
highlights that we retweet and whatnot and you know other you know high school news both in the realm of colorado high school and you know some former players that maybe moved out of state as well as girls flag football please be sure to follow us on social media we are on social media playmakers corner facebook instagram and then at playmaker corner on twitter so you know be sure to find us on all of those subscribe like follow whatever it's called on that platform please be sure to check us out we have more top fives coming up here in case you have been on the out looking in this is oh snap are we over the halfway point we are yes we are over the halfway point so please be sure to check out our linebackers episode tight ends safeties edge rushers episode wide receiver episode which was uh, chef's kiss it was such a good episode uh, not to say that any of the other ones weren't, but being a wide receiver, I had a lot of fun with that. And, uh, you know, we have many great athletes on the horizon here that we are going to talk about in our top fives and uh, lots of more goods for y'all, the listeners. I have been one of your co-hosts, Cody Stopper. And I'm your other co-host, Coach V. And that's it. Signing Bye. off from Playmakers Quarter. <laughs>